Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. commanded repeatedly throughout scripture to be thankful and the older I get I'm realizing that really being thankful has nothing to do with your current situation or what you're going through or what you're facing being thankful is an attitude that we choose to make Uh, and a lot of times we have to choose to be grateful and thankful in spite of recognizing that our thankfulness is not based on what we see It's based on who God is, and it's based on our relationship with Him and the fact that He never changes. So we've talked about the fact that over the last um, three weeks, we took a a break, or actually two two times together. We took a break last week for our Passion Family Christmas, but we've been talking about the fact that there are benefits of being in relationship with our Father, much like Uh, In your job, there are moments in your life where at your job, because everybody's driving you crazy or because the task becomes too difficult or the hours get too long, you have to literally stop and consider the benefits that you have at that job to make you appreciate the fact that you did get the clock in and you did get to go to work and and the insurance makes it worth it and the retirement makes it worth it and, and all that stuff. And so we count the benefits. And we've talked about the fact that there are moments, and that's what we're doing up until the new year. We are going back and considering the benefits that we have as a direct result of our relationship with the Father. And so we've talked about that we're loaded with forgiveness, thank God, Y'all may not need that one. I need that one on a regular basis. Um, I'm, I, we're loaded with healing. And I'm thankful that God made a choice not to only deal with the spiritual fallout of sin, but the physical fallout of sin as well. And so we've been using this phrase. For some of you, it has an entirely different connotation. But, but in this environment, uh, we've been kind of bragging a little bit to one another. And, and with a little bit of swag or attitude, each service, I've been attempting to get you to practice this because there are going to be moments in your life where you're going to need to remember this truth and this fact, and that is this, and it's this, we're loaded. And so, again, we're going to practice. I want you to, somebody you haven't told yet uh, over the last of the co- course of the last couple of weeks, I want you to find somebody around you that you have not said this to. I want you to just tell them, I just want you to look at them and say, that's right, I, I, I'm loaded. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, I'm loaded, I'm loaded, I'm loaded. So this morning, we're going to go back and we're going to continue. And I need to tell you this morning that I'm going to preach to you um, out of my own experience. And I'm going to preach to hope this morning. There's some of you that I love very much. All of you. (laughs) That didn't didn't come out right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did not say that on purpose that way. <laughs> uh, I love you guys very much. 
But there's some of you I know your stories. I don't know all your stories. And some of you are going through some stuff, and I want you to know that there's hope. Psalm chapter 103, verses 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget all of his, not all his benefits. Who forgives me of all your, who forgives all your sin and heals all your diseases. Verse 4, here's where we get to today. Who redeems your life from the pit. Thank you, Jesus. And crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We're going to focus on the fact that one of the benefits we have from being in relationship with Jesus is that he redeems our life from the pit. I want you to notice that David operates from the assumption that we will, all of us will experience the pit. I think David assumes this. He makes that assumption. He doesn't even argue or talk about, well, maybe or it might happen. He just operates from the fact that we're all going to experience a pit moment. It's, it's, in, it's inevitable. I think he does that because he's examined his own life by this point. And he's old enough to realize that in his own life, he's had some pit moments. I think... If you listen very carefully, when I describe David's life and his journey, you discover that David could speak as an expert to the pit. He knew what the pit was like. I think you also, if you read carefully, you can discover as you read that what he's also doing as he's reflecting is his life shows us that there are two ways that we end up in the pit. But I think the most important thing that David's account here teaches us, and, and I want you to hear this carefully for hope. I'm preaching to hope this morning is that how you arrive in the pit doesn't really matter. Let's see if I can help you this morning. Listen to David's pit list, and you'll see the two ways to arrive. He was overlooked by his family. He had a crazy father-in-law. He was despised by his wife. His best friend was killed in battle. He was caught in adultery. His own child died as a result of his own sin. He had a rebellious child. His family was marked by incest. One of his sons murdered one of his other sons. His life was constantly marked by war and tragedy. And out of that list, what I've discovered is that there are two ways that you can end up in a pit. The first one is you can dig it yourself. David had his share of self-dug pits in this list. These are the pits that we don't like to talk about. In fact, most of us won't even admit it when we've dug our own pit. We end up in a pit, and then what we feel compelled to do is blame everybody else. 
we, 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 we act like Samson. We, we keep playing with and flirting with and dabbling with sin until what happens is the bottom opens up and we fall in. And then we want, to, we want to point fingers at everybody else. It was the TV's fault. It was it, the TV's fault for being on that channel. It was her fault for dressing like that. It was his fault for talking to me like that. It was my ex's fault. It was my boss's fault. It was QVC's fault. And what we do is we play this victim card until we begin to believe that we're the victim. When the truth is, is in, at least in this way to get in the pit, it's our own fault. We have the shovel in hand. We dug it out ourselves. We were silly enough, proud enough, bold enough to dig the pit and then jump in and then want to blame everybody else. That's the first way you can arrive in the pit. But there's a second way to arrive in the pit as well, and David certainly has this experience too, and that is is that you can arrive in, the, uh, arrive in a pit by being intentionally thrown in by somebody else. Joseph would testify here. He'd be the first to say, hey, man, you can get there in the pit like this. Somebody will throw you in. This is how it works. Somebody you thought loved you, somebody you thought, they liked you. You thought they had your back. You thought they had your best interest in mind. You thought that they were for you and not against you. And instead, they intentionally throw you into a mess. The same hands that held you and caressed you and assured you are now being used to discard you. And the same mouth that was used to praise you and brag on you and flatter you is now being used to curse, attack, and cut you down. The same heart that was turned towards you is now turned against you. You find yourself in a pit that you didn't even dig. And what David does in Psalm chapter 103 and verse 4 is that he screams at the top of his lungs that the method of arrival doesn't really matter. We tend to focus our attention on how we arrived in the pit. That's what we want to spend time talking about. In almost every counseling situation I've ever been a part of, we always want to talk about how we got there. This is how it happened. They did this to me. I made this choice. Uh, they, they were wrong. I was wrong. And we always want to talk about how we got in the pit. David spends no time talking about how he got into the pit. He spends all of his attention focusing on how we get out. It's against the backdrop of his own pit-marked path that he declares what really matters is that, here it is, here's the benefit, what really matters is that we are loaded with redemption. The good news is that the power of his, this benefit is that whether our pit is self-inflicted, self-dug, or whether we are put there by somebody else, Jesus can find you in any pit and he can get you out. We understand Jesus' saving power. But I want you to notice that David has already dealt with that prior to. David has already dealt with the fact that 
that one of the benefits that we experience is that God forgives us and he brings salvation into our life. He now goes one step further and he says that we are loaded with redemption. We need to embrace his redemptive ability because redemption literally means this. This is what it means to return to original state. That's what the word means. This is not, we, we, we want to say I'm redeemed, speaking to the concept that we've been saved, that we've been forgiven. David is not connecting the two here. This is an entirely different level of benefit. We've already been saved. We've already been forgiven. And now he comes on the back end of that and says there is another level of benefit. Not only does he forgive you and save you, but now he wants to redeem you and bring you back to original state. We fail to understand the new creation. The all things are new. The old has passed away. Redemptive work that Christ has the ability to provide in our lives. Because we focus on the pit. Let me say some things to some of you this morning. I understand that your story is sordid. I understand this morning that your story is marked by tragedy. I understand that your story is painful and at times very ugly and embarrassing. But we underestimate or underappreciate this benefit where God loads our lives on a daily basis with redemption. He redeems our souls. Here's some of the promises. He redeems our souls. He redeems our life. He redeems time. In other words, what David is trying to tell us is that Jesus is our pit partner. He walks into our pit, but he doesn't leave us there. He redeems our life out of the pit. Listen very carefully. Here is the key component of this benefit right here that we need to understand. Here it is. You can write it down. He takes us out of the pit. Now it is time to allow him to take the pit out of us. We can live life pitted or understand and embrace the redeeming work of Jesus and live life loaded. So many of us have been saved and forgiven, but we won't, we won't accept or embrace this level of benefit. And so we live our lives, the rest of our lives, pointing back to our pit and saying that's who we are and that's what we've done and that's what we've experienced. And we will never allow Jesus to not only take us out of the pit, but but to dig down deep in us and pull the pit out of us. I point you forward to how David dealt with Saul's grandson, Mephibosheth, because it reveals that he understood, David understood the power of redemption. Mephibosheth is mishandled. In other words, he's dropped, he's pitted, not by the work of his own hands, but by of somebody else. He winds up in Lodibar. I've talked to you about this before. Lodibar means a place with no pasture. It means a dry place. It means a place with no word. If you've never been in a situation in your life where no word gets to you, then you've never really been pitted. Mephibosheth was pitted. There was no word. There was no hope. There was no chance. And now he is invited back by the king. And 
he is returned to his original state. He gets all the land that he lost. He gets all the status that he's lost. He's invited to sit back at, at the table as one, as one of the king's heirs and sons. And, and as we've talked and illustrated to you before, he's brought to the table so that the tablecloth of God's grace and mercy covers his brokenness. We can limp around as if we're still pitted or we can boldly take our place at the table and we go from crippled to crowned. Some of you this morning have no issue accepting forgiveness but you struggle to accept redemption. Your story was so bad and the pain was so severe and what you lost cost you so much that even though Jesus has wrapped his arms around you and saved you you struggle to let him redeem you you keep digging yourself back into what he pulled you out of listen let me speak to you this morning let me help you whether by your own hands or by the intention of someone else. There's no shame. If you've asked forgiveness, you need, to, you need to now allow the work of Jesus to come into your heart and let him redeem you and bring you back to your original state so that everything that you lost... I'm not talking about there not being any consequences. I'm talking about everything that you lost is restored. It may not be restored like you thought it was going to be restored. But there's redemption. You're not what happened to you. And you're not what you did. Hebrews chapter 9. Interesting passage of scripture. 2 Verses separated a little bit in the account, but they speak to the same concept. Listen carefully, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood. Listen to what he was trying to accomplish. This is the priest of the Old Testament. He offered, he never entered without blood, which he offered for himself. And for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. He's trying to get them back to original state. Clean slate. Can't pull it off. So listen what happens in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. Talking about Jesus. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves. But he entered the most holy place once for all. Y'all missed that. Once for all. That's all of us. Once for all, by his own blood, thus, what, what did that accomplish? Thus, obtaining eternal redemption. You need to understand what's happening here. The writer of Hebrews shows us that the priests were trying to deal with self-inflicted pits. They go into the Holy of Holies with sacrifices, making sacrifice for their own sins. They go into the Holy of Holies trying to deal with the other people's sins that they had nothing to do with, and they couldn't pull it off. And so Jesus shows up on the scene, 
and once and for all, He redeems us. Here's the truth you need to hear this morning. Arrival isn't important. Departure is paramount and promised. That is the benefit that we have when we come into relationship with Christ. Even after you're in relationship with Christ and you continue to make mistakes, you can go back to the Father and you can experience the Father. The benefit of your Father is this, is that He can redeem you. He can restore you to original state. And the second lesson that we must learn from David is this, and it's not a fun one, but it's a necessary one. And is that we should be loaded with pit pride. In Psalm chapter 107, verse 2, David goes this far. He, he makes this statement. We sing it as, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I don't think we understand what that means. Another version probably captures it better when he says this in Psalm 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let the re- Listen. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. He isn't saying that we should have pride in how far we have fallen or how bad it was. He is telling us to rehearse to others the power over the pit that our Father has so that they will know that if He can redeem our life from the depth of destruction, then surely there must be hope that He can also redeem my life from destruction. Because if He can handle Tari's mess, and He can handle Keith's mess, and He can handle Steve's mess, then surely He can handle my mess because my mess pales in comparison. Y'all don't know our story. David saying, you should have some pit pride. I think we struggle because what we want to do is have pit parties. We want to sit around and glory in our pit and glorify our pit and we try to one-up each other. Y'all ain't never been in a testimony service like that. I've been in those where we... One person stands up and says, I did such and such. And by the end of the thing, the last person stands up and says, I've murdered 1,200 people. And y'all didn't even know. This is not one-upsmanship. This is. He is saying that we should reflect and then tell our story of redemption. Listen carefully and then I'll get out of your way. The difference for most of us is that many of us point our, we point people to our pit. And David is saying that what we should do is we should point people to our pit boss. I don't mind hearing about your destruction. We all have it. I don't mind hearing about your shortcomings. We all have it. There is not a perfect person in this room. Not one of us. None of us glow in the dark. We're all frail. We all make stupid decisions. We all pay the price. We all stand on level ground because of that. But that's not what's important. What's important is this. He has the power 
to redeem people even like us. Even like us. Do you know that some of you wouldn't be sitting next to the people you're sitting next to now if you knew everything about them? You wouldn't be listening to me if you knew everything about me. But in our attempt to put on a good face and to put on a good show and to make people think that we're better than we actually are, we do them a disservice because we leave them in their pit because they think they're beyond reach because they don't recognize that sitting next to them is a living testimony of the fact that God's arms are longer than the depth of their pit because they reach, He reached to your pit. So here is where I'm at this morning. If we don't retell the story, we don't, we tend to forget how low we were. The longer you're out of the pit, if you don't rehearse the story to others, you will begin to do two things. One, you will begin to glamorize your pit and not think your pit was as bad as it was. And baby, it was bad. Let's not forget. Let's don't try to fool anybody. It was bad. And the other thing that happens is if we're not careful, we begin to, we, we convince ourselves that we had a hand in getting ourselves out. And I want you to understand this morning, I'm standing here as a living testimony that you can't get yourself out. Doesn't matter what your last name is, doesn't matter who your daddy is, doesn't matter who your mama is, doesn't matter what your gifting is, you can't dig yourself out. The reason we retell our pit stories is so that I can remind myself of how bad it really was and remind myself that Jesus and Jesus alone dug me out. Without him I was hopeless and without him I didn't have a chance and without him I have no right to even be standing here don't come to me and approach me as if you have a right to be the way you are other than based upon the fact that Jesus has mercy and Jesus has grace and Jesus is faithful so we if we don't tell our story we forget and if we don't tell our story then we, we leave people in despair thinking that there's no way they'll ever get back to their original state. I need to tell some of you, you can get back. I'd embarrass some of you. I'd like to call some names because I'm convinced that some of you don't think it's possible. I'm preaching with hope this morning. It's possible. If you know I'm talking to you, would you nod your head at me? Yeah, it's possible. You can get back. With his help, you can get back. And once you're back, you have an obligation when enough time has passed to turn around and tell others so that it gives them hope. We need to tell them the story for this reason and this reason alone so we can get them loaded as well. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, this morning, (laughs) 
thank you that we're loaded. I'm thankful that even when we don't deserve it, even when we deserve the opposite, that you step in and you go beyond just saving us and you go beyond just healing us. You have this ability to redeem. God, my concern this morning for this body of folks is that there are some people sitting here today, standing here today, that are loaded and they don't know it. They are experiencing consequences from choices that they've made or that cho- from choices that have been made for them. And they think they're still in the pit. And the truth is, is that they're only now just living through the consequences. But the pit is a distant memory now. It's gone. They just don't know it. So they continue to live life pitted. And I sense this morning that what you want to do is convince them that they can live life loaded. So God, for all of us in this room that have landed in a pit, I ask you this morning, to help us to embrace this third benefit that we would embrace the redemptive ability of Jesus that he would step in and restore to us our original state everything that's lost would be returned in Jesus name this is how we're going to end this morning if you're here this morning and you feel like You're stuck in a pit. No shame. We've all been there. If you really feel like you're stuck in a pit this morning, whether by your own choice or by the choices of others, can I get you to help us and let us help you? The reason this is important is because I think God puts people in our lives to help reach down and extend a hand. That last little pull that gets us out gets us out if you're here this morning and you feel pitted could I just get you to come and join me and stand right here and let us pray over you no shame, no embarrassment, we've all been here I need God to redeem me anyone else? I need him to restore. Well, you don't know how I got there, Steve. Doesn't matter. You don't know how I got mine. That's not what matters. What matters is that you get out. 
and that we get the pit out of you. Moment longer. Anybody else? Well, they'll think less of me. No, they won't. They'll just think that you're like them. I need some folks to come and help me and pray. Would Tar and Amy, you're right there. If you could step out. Woody and Jesse, others. If you feel led, come on. You don't have to have a title or position. If you feel led this morning, would you just come and lay your hands on some folks and allow the Holy Spirit to use you. Maybe you need to turn to your neighbor under the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit and say, hey, I know you didn't go down, but I just sense that you are experiencing some pit stuff. Pit stops. Not permanent. Just moments in your life. God can redeem and restore. Would you just begin to speak hope to your neighbor right now? Would you just look at them as they're praying? Would you just begin to minister to your neighbor? I don't know why I sense to do this, but to your neighbor, just begin to tell them, hey, he can redeem it. He can redeem it. Come on, just tell them. And then as the Holy Spirit leads, it may go deeper than that.
this is how we're going to end this morning before we shift gears. The writer of Revelation says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We tell our pit story and it helps us to overcome just so that we're clear and understand who we're going to church with and before you begin to think that everybody here has a halo and was born with it I think it's important for us to overcome by the word of our testimony you've got about 30 seconds we don't we want the cliff notes I don't want all the gory details. I just want cliff notes. I just want to know gist. I want you to find somebody and I want you to share your testimony. But I don't want you to focus as much on the pit as on the one who got you out. Would you do that this morning? That way you'll really know one another this morning and then we'll. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.